We've got a party of two right over here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Party of Two, a podcast about theme parks, and it seems mostly about Disney these days. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm one of your hosts, the Internet's Mark B. Donica. And I am your other host, Andrea Donica. So today's prompt, as you can tell from the titling, the thumbnail, however you're watching this, came... Uh, it's a little bit of an interesting yeah. one and seems to be coming up a bit in the realm of discussion ever since Disney announced the official plan of Project Stardust. Yeah. Which, as a Star Wars fan, has been really uncomfortable for me <laughs> because <laughs> Project Stardust is the Death Star, as yeah. we learn in Star Wars, uh, Star uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yeah. And they say, no, it's it's a combination of Star Wars and Pixie Dust. Stardust. <laughs> Great. Except it's 100% the Death Star. You own the IP. You put this movie out. Come on. Either, either way. We're here to talk about Tomorrowland. And I wanted to thank... Uh, over on the Rooster Team Common Room Discord thread, I want to thank the TNT Raider. I want to thank Jacob, who presented this question to me, and it's really gotten me thinking ever since... When was this? This was last Thursday. So over the weekend, it, and I, I even presented you this question, and we decided to make it a show because it's enough of a discussion topic. And, and it's something that we talk about, just the two of us. All the time. It. Yeah. And I think it's hard for anybody to not... I don't know. Personally, for me, Tomorrowland has always been one of my favorite lands. And it's it's hard as a kid to not look at something that says you're going to space and not go, that's the best thing ever. Yeah. No, when I was growing up, Tomorrowland was my favorite land out of all of the lands in Disneyland. And now I just feel, oh, man, she needs some help. Yeah. Oh, girl. She, she she needs some love, some TLC. And, she needs uh, a lot. Yeah. So the, the TNT Raiders question specifically was, if they were to completely rebuild Tomorrowland, save for Spaceman and the Monorail, what would you like to see them do? And that's a wonderful question. It's loaded, but incredible. Incredible. So here, we're, stop us if you've heard this before. <laughs> we're going to give our thoughts on what we think should happen with Tomorrowland. Hey, we finally made it. We're one of those <laughs> Disney park or just parks people that is talking about what the right thing to do to Tomorrowland is. How many times have you heard this one? Sorry if we're beating a dead animal with a stick. We're but... not. We are providing our own thing. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> part of it, since it is, well, we have to leave the monorail. And I don't because they're not getting rid of the monorail. No, but they in in the sense or or Space Mountain because it's they, part of the mountain range. It's not going to go anywhere. If anything, it's just going to keep getting plussed up as time goes on. And they just retooled it. Like it's been thirteen years, but that's still very very recently. Yeah, the two thousand and five five two thousand five. It was it the was... year before the fiftieth. That's right. No, it, it opened that summer, it I'm pretty sure. That, oh, damn it. Jurassic Park has gotten me. <laughs> when Disneyland opened in 1956. Uh, that irritates me every single time. But yes. Yeah, 2005. There's even a little hidden nod to that, as it were, in the queue on the space station that's uh, on the inside just before you're going to load onto your rockets, it actually says 05 on 
the space thing that's hanging <laughs> from the ceiling. I don't know exactly what to call it. So the whatever the the engine. Yeah. The probe. Something like that. Something Wh- like whatever that. Whatever it is. Oh, I don't like the word probe. That makes me uncomfortable. Well, it's space. Probes are kind of kind of a thing. Yeah. Is that the worst word? No. Okay, but I, I, I'm just I'm just <laughs> double checking for for next time. So there's one thing that I think a lot of the theme park podcasting community can agree on and it's that star tours doesn't leave it moves yeah yeah i so i'm just going to say this outright i don't think disney is actually going to do that because while it sounds really convenient and wonderful in our minds logistically that would be an absolute nightmare just to move dumbo when they did the the updated Fantasyland redo in the 80s, that was a big undertaking with how they made over the land. This Star Tours has a lot of infrastructure. It's not just the movement vehicles and everything else. It, it's the whole queue. It, it's a lot of different things. It's leftover people mover tracks. It's all these things that are connected with each other. But yeah, in a perfect world, I'd love to see all of the Star Wars things together in the same place. And I think that Hollywood Studios is really going to benefit from that once Galaxy's Edge for them opens this fall. So I am a little jealous that they have all of that together from the get-go. And the other thing, too, with the updated videos that are a part of Star Tours... At the end, when you finish everything, you're landing inside of the new land, Batu, and seeing everything, you're landing inside of Galaxy's Edge, so it makes sense. So if you're going to walk out afterwards and you're still in Tomorrowland, it's not going to feel as seamless and quite the same. Yes, and that's part of the reason why I think you play, you fix up the infrastructure you make it to where instead of making making it inside one of the lands, you make it as one of the gateways into the land. Like, can you imagine? So for the, you you technically would then have four entries into the park or into the land. The fourth entry being the exit of Star Tours. You take and and this this is probably a little unpopular. But you would take the theater area and and some of Toontown, maybe, to... Oh, well, then you still have to go through Fantasyland to get there. Either way, have, having the exit into Batu makes sense because that's how you get off of the ride. So that's why I bring that up. Do you think... Star, would Star Tours survive in your Tomorrowland? Absolutely. I I'm a fan of it. It's... It's an attraction that really opens the gateways for all the Lucasfilm and greater live action IPs, I would say, that have developed in the parks over the years. It's had a really fantastic makeover and we have all of these original voices and actors from the films that are a part of it i think that it needs to stick around 
in our Tomorrowland, though, if it's going to move to Galaxy's Edge, then I think of that as separate. I know a lot of people disseminate Star Wars in general as saying, well, it doesn't belong in Tomorrowland because it's in a, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yes, yes, a long time ago. That's a very, very general statement. The thing about Tomorrowland is trying to be a fundamentalist with the actual word tomorrow is tricky because we don't know what tomorrow is. A lot of times what we look for tomorrow to be is rooted in the past. It's always open to interpretation. I don't think that the name Tomorrowland should change. I think that that should stay the same. But I don't think that just because a property is actually stated as being in the past just cancels out all of the futuristic elements that Star Wars has, for example. All of the transportation, everything happening in space, all of the advancements that they have with their technology is stuff that we don't have. And it's created an idealized version of the future of the all of these imaginings from George Lucas have taken hold in every like all of our society like star wars i would say is the most synonymous public like entertainment property outside of mickey mouse yeah everybody knows what star wars is even if there are still people that haven't seen it they know what a star war is and (laughs) so having it involved in a tomorrowland and especially so here here's the thing you back then they didn't own it but we want to do an intergalactic travel ride that sends you to the most dangerous places in space and you're you're right there in it and you land safely. Cool. Do you spend the extra time and resources to try to come up with something more exciting than Star Wars? Or you put Star Wars on it? You put Star Wars. You put Star Wars on it. Yeah. It totally makes sense to me. And while, yes, the park hasn't necessarily been home to a lot of the more original ideas that made it special in the first place everything's changing you know stuff kind of needs a brand for people to come out to it like yes you'll get the quote-unquote hardcore faithful to come through but sometimes it's going to take a brand like star wars or i would i would say it's hard because with in my heart of hearts Versus my brain of brains. Boy, do I want something Tron here. Oh, sure. Boy, do I want something Tron here. And <clears throat> I'm among the ilk that's that say that Autopia should go. But I would revise that statement in saying that Autopia should change. At the very least, you go from gas to electric. And that that's a different sort of footprint that you're that you're taking away from. I think it's also time for the submarine lagoon to go. And I think you can provide more of, you can provide a more interesting experience if you play with technology. So, so I will take an idea that was in the finding Nemo submarine uh, voyage blueprint, something that we were all looking forward to. If you, if instead of putting a whole bunch of people in a sardine can, you take, 
four to eight people and you put them in a KUKA arm operated uh, deep sea diver as opposed to and as opposed to just putting them in front of a screen, you get a a relative of circle vision where you can see all around the probe, but it's all screens. It's screens in that regard. So it's it's a way to be immersed in it, but it makes it a much more personable experience. And I think that uh, that land investment is a lot smaller. I don't want to see any more reliance on screens for a good 10 years, personally. Um, <laughs> we're, we're jumping through a, a lot of spots throughout Tomorrowland. I want to say, at least first in terms of Autopia, yes, it takes up a lot of real estate. My argument for it still being in Tomorrowland, besides it being an original attraction that opened with the land when it opened in 1955, is it's our kids' future. So it's something that they always get really excited about because, you know, kids always want to be adults as much as they can so this is kind of their their one opportunity like oh one day i'm gonna be able to drive like mom and dad and they get so excited and that's why the wait is always so long however another thing about autopia is it wasn't just in tomorrowland it was also in Fantasyland. they had literally two different spots that it sat I don't think that it is a terrible idea of actually moving Autopia in some new fashion over to Fantasyland. They are going to be doing a Fantasyland makeover that has been a a rumor for an upcoming phase that's on the horizon. That would be my argument that they take that time, that space to make a little type of Autopia area in a, in a more fantastical way, not just standard cut and dry and ideally not with so much gasoline being yeah. emitted because I just, oh, the smell is bad. It's not good for the environment. That's uh, another thing too that I wanted to look at with trying to make over Tomorrowland with all of these makeovers that it's had over time. I think the tried and true thing that has made Tomorrowland special has been an optimistic look at the future. And in a sort of retro, clean, white future kind of way, uh, whites, metallics, blues, that sort of color scheme, they tried doing Jules Verne light for a while, and I think that works perfectly for any place outside of the U.S. Mm-hmm. I think that that's perfect for Europe. I, I'm sure that would probably be great also for Asia in general and maybe any other country as well. But I think for the U.S., in terms of demographics... We we love this idealized 1950s, 1960s look at the future, and it still isn't a future that has come to be, but it's something that we're nostalgic for. And what Disney is good at is playing on nostalgia, on things that we love, and having an 
idealized look at the future, doing something that's going to be grimy and something more negative is automatically not going to be a place that you're going to want to go to. It should be a place that feels welcoming, that feels inspiring, and as a way of being something that is reachable and attainable. And I'd really like to see a focus on sustainability, mm-hmm. on resources, agri-future, as we already have with all of those plants being edible or having some sort of edible part being grown. I'd like to see a lot of solar power brought in or wind power, water power. There are so many different things that you can do in terms of sustainability for a brighter future. And I think that that is not just a modern idea, but it's also a very futuristic idea and something that we can constantly work at pioneering and something that Disney could really do something incredible with. I'd love to see them partner with maybe Tesla or some other big names in all of these innovative industries to really create some really spectacular things to bring to the world and do something good. That's one of the things about the AgriFuture program is it's not as publicized. And it's not if if you the the addition, the change that I would make to the AgriFuture program is to make it so that people at the food stands in one way, shape or form can essentially reach up, grab something, and then sell it. Yeah. And it's a part of this beautiful thing because, like you said, the inspiration of it to to show kids that this is the this is the idealized version of the future, but the future is more than just a dream away. Like if you, I think you could play into the story that Tomorrowland has been updated so many times because the future keeps changing and because the our idea of the future keeps changing to where right now this is where we hope it'll go. And with everybody's help, we can get there together. And it promotes unity. It promotes everybody sort of going after all of these ideals and going electric, going solar, going all of these different things to make the, make the world a better place and, and give, the ki- give the children of the world a place where they can see the future in action. So in a sense of maybe not necessarily the home of the future, but if if they could figure out a way to dynamically in t- show people not just kids but everybody the benefits of all of this clean energy and all of this sustainability and go here's our our lovely garden out in front of our house but as you walk in you can grab a pomegranate off uh, out of the bush you can do whatever and it all it takes is this you know the the idea of the carousel of progress. We need we need an updated idea of it. We need I I would love some sort of a Epcot esque dark ride. Yes, that's maybe Absolutely. just call it a great big beautiful tomorrow or something like that that plays into everything or something yeah. a little bit snappier that goes into the um goes into the interventions building or a new version of the interventions building that. What or what that that's another thing. So what if what if we have 
sustainable buildings? What if we have 3D printed buildings like with efficient tactics and stuff that that promotes stuff where at the end of it, you're like, well, this building was made from this material or that. And all you have to do is, and I'm sure there are plenty of brands that would want to get some sort of play from Disney of all places. And yeah, sustainability and a proper energy alternative is all what I'm about. We need an updated version of Horizons. That's sure. That's what would be really incredible. So so says everybody. <laughs> and in terms of submarine voyage, we still know more about space than we do our own oceans. So I do feel that an ocean-related exploration attraction is necessary. I keep wondering if the rumors about the lagoon still leaking are true. It's very possible. Old habits, old infrastructures die hard with their troubles. And I would like to see them shy a little more away from Finding Nemo. It it was the one reason why Eisner signed off on it back in the day. Granted, it's not like it's going to be that big of a difference with who's in charge now. They're going to want to tie it to some sort of an IP. But in an idealized world, I'd like to see a a deep dive, as it were, into really fantastical places and creatures that we may or may not have met under the sea yet. And really focus on advancements in that technology, in our communications and relations with the ocean and with animals, and also focusing again on sustainability with that as well. And I wonder if that's the answer in in terms of Epcot is slowly becoming this brand, not brand based, but brand influenced i mean technically if you count the sponsors it's been brand influenced since its beginning sure but in terms of a popular it's been becoming franchised and as a result a lot of this great stuff that it opened with hasn't aged well or is gone and yet you look at tomorrowland in walt disney world and you have the carousel of progress you have the people mover but you also have while it may not be as popular as Timekeeper or uh, Alien Encounter, you have these pushes in technology. No one can deny that that Stitch animatronic, though, or the the arm animatronics. Like those those couple of things helped push the technology forward. And while we're desperately awaiting to hear what's happening in that space, <laughs> there was this contrast of old and new. And there's a reason why it's it's not just for nostalgia, but there's a reason why the people movers stayed around. There's a reason why the Carousel of Progress stayed around. And I think that's one of the problems with Tomorrowland in, in Disneyland is that we don't have that dichotomy. So if Epcot is becoming this brand heavy thing, why can't Tomorrowland in California become a little bit more like epcot and go experiment and we get 
Westcott in that's Tomorrowland. The dream. That's but that seems so easy. Yeah. It seems so easy with all of the advancements in technology. I'm not saying you build a giant globe. I'm not saying I want a giant globe. Well, sure, but in terms of <laughs> real estate, it's not sure. gonna it's not gonna happen. Okay. But if we get if we we torch the people mover track, we torch the Orbitron, we if we're starting from scratch and the only thing that we need to, to keep in mind is the monorail, then we can we can do anything. I agree with that. Absolutely. And Regardless, they're going to have to get rid of all the people mover tracks if yeah. they're going to do anything. It's it's not salvageable, and if they're going to do anything similar, they need to completely rebuild it from scratch. I am hoping that eventually they would do that. I still love the idea of not just sustainability, but also the idea of a world on the move, because... That, that's the other big thing about advancements in technology, I feel, is that we're able to communicate and relate to the rest of the world more as time goes on and there are more advancements. I have family that is across the ocean and I don't get to see them all that often, but I have an amazing phone that I can actually see them in real time and talk with them on video and to me that still that still blows my mind away that we have the availability to do that the idea of focusing on communicating with each other and visiting and being in the rest of the world and finding ways to make it more efficient but also being respectful to our environment and taking care of it is really really important and i think that is the future the children are our future they are they have to be (laughs) but i'm so i you you would think that i would have this up before but i just now brought up a map of tomorrowland just to kind of see what we've talked about what we've missed and where stuff would go and i think that you can do some adjusting now let's let your astro blasters needs to go Sure, and and so here's here's what I'm here's what I'm supposing, is we have water features out front. Oh, those rocks gotta go. Yeah. But we we get rid of those rocks. That gives us a little bit more room up front. But there were some water features in the original Tomorrowland, and while we are trying to conserve as much space as we can, if you make the water features as a part of some of the show buildings, you bring back those elements. And you make the area, excuse me, you make the area that is being used by Buzz Lightyear right now. And you make that the underwater attraction. And that goes there. Mm. And when it comes to Autopia, you move it up to the space where the, uh, the submarines are right now. And that frees up a little bit of... Fantasyland space on the other end you keep that gateway attraction and it makes it more viewable then you get to see it you get to see people driving around and that you can then play with the fantasy and tomorrow elements if you're driving through Fantasyland, then you with the use of 3d projection mapping you can be driving through 
Snow White. You could be driving through whatever. And and so there's where the future comes in. The fantasy comes in. Something like that. Driving through the person Snow White. You know, Driving through the world of Snow White. Goodness gracious. I, I but, just had to poke some fun. No, I know. But that you can then really play with. For Autopia, I think it's got to be all or nothing. Because right now, squeezing it in the land space that it has doesn't do it a disservice. It has or doesn't do it a good service. It's got that big display piece that's the that's supposed to be the center, like boom, this is Autopia. But you can't see it. That's true. There's a lot of stuff. There's so much of Autopia that you can't see. And I think that's part of the problem is that right now it's out of sight, out of mind. And you mentioned mm-hmm. the kids looking forward to driving. But I think also now that the attraction has been around for so long, there are the kids who are looking forward to sharing the memories or the, the adults that are looking forward to sharing the memories that they had as kids when their parents took them on Autopia and they drove their parents around. Now they can bring their kids with them and have them drive. Like they can share that magic that they had as children. Mm-hmm. And so with Autopia, it's got to be all or nothing. You go full out bombastic. Let's make it not just a, a well, energied machine a sustainable machine but let's also do some fun future stuff with it that's more than hey chevron gas can or honda cars can get you from a to b a to b really easily but let's let's have some test track-esque fun yeah with it. that's something that i was thinking of that would be nice and i don't mean necessarily test track but just in, in the sense of driving if, through the different environments some yeah something like yeah. that and while autopia has a version of that if you do the fantasy land elements of being able to like seeing driving alongside Mr. Toad in his in his cart or <laughs> you're driving a lo- around a, a scene and you see Pinocchio on his way to school and Honest John and Gideon following behind or like so- something where it's involves Disney brands, but it's the use of technology that puts you into that or just screw it VR. They put you on a VR headset yeah. and you could be driving wherever the hell you want. <laughs> that would be wild and you look around and you let's go test track for a second you're in line it's a long line so there's you have to have something to to do you get something with your magic band you design your car and you put in your magic band you get in your car you put on your vr headset and you are in the car that you designed now that would be amazing and you you make something to where oh it's got this kind of an engine so it sounds like this or it looks like it's got this sort of a trail behind like a a flame trail or a smoke trail or a, a rainbows rainbows whatever it's like rocket league but that you you go into it you keep Autopia you keep the futuristic thing of it the only bad part about making it VR is that you give the idea that kids can put VR glasses on while they drive and yeah that might be counterproductive however however (laughs) it is young enough to where they're not going to go into the dmv the next day and apply for their thing like this is a special thing that you can only do at disneyland and that makes utopia a must-see attraction yeah this is awesome i didn't come with that that just happened yeah that's remarkable (laughs) um but then that that also gives you more land to play with for the train stop or anything where i i think the train stop in tomorrowland should move because right now it's in a really inconvenient place yes absolutely it's in a very tight corner i would like to see that 
be opened up more, especially because my personal favorite part of the Grand Circle tour is just after getting on around the river (laughs) just after getting on the train at that stop. So I like seeing Primeval World. That that was a beautiful rendition. I almost went with uh, Let the Good Times Roll, but that's a completely different show altogether. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Uh, Yeah. So I've actually kind of been in a future mindset all weekend and not to to deviate too much. God, this is turning into a natural transition in an advertisement, which shows how much I've been, how long I've been doing this. Um, Over the weekend, Rooster Teeth released its new series, Genlock, which takes place in 2072. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just a stone's throw away. It's not. It's just a dream away. So I've been in this future technology sort of a landscape. So I guess that's where all of the stuff is coming from when it comes to this. And if you're interested in giant robots, you can head over to the Rooster Team Radio uh, podcast feed where we review the first episode of Genlock. And actually, if you're if you like futuristic stuff, the first episode's free on roosterteeth.com. It's Michael B. Jordan, David Tennant. A lot of Maisie Williams, a lot of really cool talent is involved. She's a cheeky Scottish lass who's got the most colorful language, despite being one of the youngest members of the team. However, this, yeah, so I guess that's why I'm in future mode. But if we move the the Tomorrowland train station to be a little bit further up, give you a little bit more time, or maybe even extend the tunnel so you could add like a time travel element to it. Now that would be rad. That's something I've always wanted Tomorrowland to have actually is a time travel attraction. Well, Knott's had the one. They did, and it's gone now. Universal had the one. They did, and it's gone. Does Does Disney have a time travel franchise? No. I don't think so. I don't Technic- want them Well, no, but technically they do. They have a parks franchise called Timekeeper. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and oh man, I I wish we'd gotten Timekeeper. I mean, we kind of did. We we got Tom Morrow, yeah. who's essentially the Timekeeper. Gosh, but he sounds like Nathan Lane instead. Uh, yeah, it happens. Yeah. But so, uh, so no, no, there, nothing against Nathan Lane. No, nothing whatsoever. No. But so you move that in either direction to help adjust with the movement of, of Autopia. And then that gives you the interventions building to tear down and replace with something. Now I mentioned already heart of hearts, Tron. Tron. And you, the only difference there is you put two roller coasters next to each other, two coasters on their way, but two coasters on their way. what that's really weird because when it comes to Tron at Space Mountain, one more blue and one more gray. That's really oh. weird. That's really silly. Whoa. What just happened? But <laughs> I mean, if it works for Walt Disney World, then it could work for us. I just want to see that. Oh, I want Tron in the park so bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> and uh, I don't think it would be as detrimental because Tron seems like the more. Tron seems like it would fit in this because the world is in a computer. And computers are the future, and uh, some sort of pro- projection of even just the fact that this high fantasy idea of the eighties with uh, with Kevin Flynn turned into kind of a reality, and, yeah. and with uh, like Ready Player One 
being like, yeah, we're all in the computer now. Yeah, okay, well, Disney did the black hole, and then they did Tron, and now everybody, when they think about something that's involving somebody being in, in a computer, this or that, it's like, oh, so like Tron. Yeah. It's, it's synonymous with computers and futuristic stuff, and I think that it could fit in in this Tomorrowland. I want it to fit in this Tomorrowland. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Because <laughs> then we get Electronica back. Because <laughs> So that, that area also becomes similarly to where it's living now. It, it becomes the new nighttime area. I want an indoor Tron dance club. A, a sort of like, like an indoor metropolis with videos. So like a like a videopolis, you're saying. Oh, yes. <laughs> what have I done? Yeah. And in, uh-huh. indoor. So <laughs> now, now I'm picturing something like the Despicable Me ride where you em- oh, well, no, no. empty out and then you get that little dance room. <laughs> but it's better. <laughs> uh, a lot better. And ideally, everything will go well with galaxy's edge offering some libations that it might be able to filter its way over into the tron dance party are you saying libations for everyone yes libations for everyone (laughs) and lots of blue glow cubes lots of everything cubes actually yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this before before we go up. If you're listening to this and you want to help support the show, why don't you head over to tpublic.com/partyof2 and check out our new uh, store where we've got a couple of designs up, including our Electronica one that I'm very very happy that we got out. <laughs> so uh, check that out. If you like the designs, pick something up. If you if you don't pick something up and then uh, uh, share with us, share with your friends and, and help support the show that way too. But uh, okay. So we've got Tron. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you would put in the intervention space? And you could build whatever you want there. At this point, I'm not even thinking about interventions exactly in its own footprint, because if that's cleared out and it's, Autopia is cleared out, it's uh, Autopia is either cleared out or moved. If if that corner is freed up, that that's a big space. Mm-hmm. An IP that I would love to actually see in Tomorrowland is Wally. I'm still very disappointed that we haven't had any sort of parks influence with that film. I think it's expertly done and it actually deals with the future. And instead of going heavy-handed on how humanity destroyed the planet and had to leave, this can also tie into the sustainability feature with Wally and Eve kind of being guides into kind of helping you continue to protect the planet and different sorts of things. Does it have to be anything specific? Because I think even just a Wally dark ride could be something really cool and special where you're in so you go a step beyond peter pan where that gives you the element of flight whereas this if it was at all possible to convey weightlessness so that at least for 
the scene where they're they're dancing in yeah. dancing in the stars, not dancing with the stars, but in the stars. And you get this you get this feeling that you're dancing with them in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a particular movement that feels like you're dancing or whatever. You get um <laughs> some something something along those lines can can be really special. And that that can go along with something that I said before, where you make a building that is entirely made of recyclable material or sustainable material, and that fits one hundred percent with the story of or the idea of the conservation that goes along with Wally. That's an amazing idea. Yeah. You're wonderful. Oh, thank you. Were you thinking of a dark ride or were you thinking of something else? I'm really open to so many different things. Okay, when it boils down to all of this, I just want the land to get fresh love, fresh (laughs) paint, fresh attractions. Fresh fruit. Yes. And fresh vegetables. And I want a new people mover so badly. <laughs> and I want I want a sea serpent and mermaids back in submarine voyage. I don't want just stupid rock formations because that's not the same imagineering, okay? It's not. I love you guys. I'm sorry, but no. It, it just it felt it felt mean. I can't I can't forgive it. I'm sorry, I can't. That's fine. Yeah. So this leaves us with one. So would you, we haven't talked at all about food. That's what I was also going to get to. Oh, and then you tried to lead me to it with the fresh fruit. And then I just veered over. Yes. I want want futuristic looking food. Just having regular burgers and pizza and stuff is not futuristic. I want to see something in five. Inspired, inspired, something related to if we're going to go with that sustainability sort of theme to have really fresh produce and ingredients, sustainable, sustainable everything, really. So one something that go along with my my deep sea or our deep sea idea ultimately we it's the same flipping thing but if we use the building that is currently occupying buzz lightyear's astro blasters then we take the what is currently occupying tomorrowland terrace and that becomes sort of like a sustainable seafood place yeah that that offers primarily seafood but also it's, it's like a surf and turf place and what i would like to see is an impl is a uh a utilization of non-beef meat options. Yes. And because like now everything is closer than ever and uh, impossible, the, the impossible food or the beyond meat, quote unquote meats, both of those are getting so much traction for being so, so close, so close. And I, like I'm I'm a meat eater. I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not a vegan. I'm not any of that stuff. Respect to people who are. If you can if you can trick me, <laughs> I'm in. Like yeah, seriously. Cuz there's just a couple of things that it's it doesn't quite get right yet, but I'm willing to try it. Like there are times on on set where one of the people as a part of the crew is a vegetarian. So there's this one place that we go that offers uh Mediterranean style impossible meat. And it's great. 
It's really good. Mediterranean food always seems to come the closest into something that's filling enough, but can still be all vegetarian, all vegan. They just know how to combine the flavors right. Yeah. And I'm I'm still really bummed that California Adventure got rid of their Mediterranean food offerings. Yeah. In Paradise Gardens. And I feel like they need to try to go back to that. And look, California Adventure has a lot of amazing options on where to eat. They've got really great options for food. Maybe it's time to share a little bit more of that love with Disneyland. Disneyland still has a lot of great options, but generally it still has to be more of a a service sit-down place. Something that would be maybe a little more quick service, but healthier, is something that's I feel desperately needed. And I think that that makes sense story-wise in Tomorrowland as well, because we're trying to make things healthier now, and we're trying to make things faster and more accessible. There should still be like a sit-down place, I feel, ideally, if we have enough space to do it. But it should be fast, fresh, clean. I would say go the extra mile and go something that is still kind of new, but something that's being developed, 3D printed food. Oh yeah. If you so here something Mickey three D printed something. So you you work with these companies to by by then being offered in the parks there has to be a certain level of reliability and expectancy of quality. So you do something that's a little bit easier than the rocket blasting Coke or even something with the same shelf life, but at least they tried it where you can walk up. Press a button and watch your food get made by a machine and walk away with it. Yeah. And if you make something similarly iconic, maybe not maybe not you try to make a churro or a Mickey pretzel or whatever. But if you make something at least, like you say, shaped like Mickey Mouse, then you get the future thing. You get an attract you get a mini attraction, you get lines, you get this, you get that. But then it's also showing people that this is this is a possibility. This is a this is something that's in the near future, if not now. The future is now. And I think the only thing that changes with that year to year is quality of products. Yeah. And you just you update the printer, you update the firmware, you update this, that, to the point where what now you can get much more complicated things or you get as close to the real thing as possible. There there's a lot of possibility i mean it's the future there's a lot of possibility with yeah, the future and that's how it should feel more than anything else when people walk through the entrance of tomorrowland there should be a feeling that the possibilities are endless for the future that's how i felt when i was small and again this is talking as a disney fan with rose tinted glasses but having that hope and positive outlook for the future oh there is one more thing good so back when they were developing epcot they were talking about doing an attraction that basically made you feel like you were an astronaut and i still really love that idea and while they keep saying oh yeah anybody can go into outer space uh yeah no, really, 
we can't. Unless you're maybe a millionaire or a billionaire. There you go. You can't. So it still isn't exactly cheap to go to Disneyland, but it's a lot more affordable than trying to go through a space program. And it's a little too intense for the body. And as much as I love Mission Space, and I, I really do, I love that attraction. I also love the fantastical element of feeling like you're wearing a, uh, a space jet on your back and flying through space. And I still love that idea. And maybe maybe it's going to feel like it's too much near Space Mountain, but I don't think so. I think the novelty of it would just be too hard to pass up. So make it happen. That's what I want. Yeah, there's there's a lot of great and goodness. So I I really I really like what we accomplished here today. We ultimately accomplished nothing, but hopefully we'll get some <laughs> positive vibes for Tomorrowland. I want to know what your everybody else's opinion of Tomorrowland is, so you can hit us up on Twitter at Party of Two Pod. Thank you for following and subscribing. If you're a fan of of the Disney parks, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your podcast provider of choice, share the wealth. We're we're trying to grow, and right now we're offering the podcast, but we're developing other stuff that will expand all throughout our reach, so to speak. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow for our little world. There's a great big beautiful of Party of Two. Yeah. There's... I know I forgot a word. That's okay. <laughs> so uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Party of Two podcast. Uh, this this has been Donica's. Andrea, where can the folks find you on the Twitter? You can find me on the Twitter and on the Instagram at DoleWhipDrea. You can find me at MarkBDonica, wherever MarkBDonicas are sold for free on the internet. And that's where you can find all of the other podcasts that I do on the interweb and all of the other work that I do. So uh, thank you so much for listening to us. And if anybody's coming over from whatever, welcome to the show. Welcome to the party. And we'll see you on the next ride. <laughs>